it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1135. If you can't have fun, what's the point? This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Randy Carlson. Hey, Randy, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Heck yeah, let's roll. All right. Randy Carlson is the owner and founder of Archaeology.com, spell that three times fast, oldbug.com, and californiacar.com. He has been a very active member in the SoCal automotive scene since the 1980s, providing a platform for buyers and sellers. Randy is an old car, odd car, and Volkswagen know-it-all. He is an appraiser, an automotive TV host, and the awards and appearances on magazines and features just keep growing. You've seen him on Discovery Channel's Sticker Shock on Jay Leno's Garage, the web series Barn Fine Hunters, and in the Bug movie, Randy's also played a part in Lord of the Car, Hordes, Rusty Development, Monster Garage, Herbie Fully Loaded, and numerous magazines as well. So, Randy, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your career and a a very obvious passion for things that are air-cooled? Well, it's, uh, (laughs) you know, it's one of those things, it's a a passion that really started from my father. He was a a car guy, and I followed him around like a little shadow uh, and was really immersed in anything automotive from a real young age. And for some reason, I, I went into air-cooled VWs in high school, as I think a lot of people did. And um, and then that's kind of grown into everything automotive. So it's, you know, I, I just keep on whacking at it and having fun and exploring any opportunities that come my way. And, and man, I've, I've had a really fun ride. It, it's been a blast. Well, you figured out the secret sauce to life, wrapping your passion for what you love into what you do. And uh, you know, we were having a little chat, Randy and I, before the show started here and talking about my love for air-cooled cars started with a Carmagia, my listeners know, back in high school. And when I was down at Car Week in Pebble Beach talking to David Bernardo, he said, you got to talk to Randy. I mean, this guy's incredible. And it uh, turns out a car that I took a bunch of pictures of, a rusty old VW, was parked behind that beautiful bus of his. Tell us before we get started a little bit about who would take a rusty old VW to Car Week? <laughs> well, it, it was uh, it was kind of a fun decision between my brother and I. We've we've gone up to the events before and brought cars to bring to the big shows, and and you know spent far too much time polishing and worrying and that sort of thing. The idea of bringing the rusty bug is kind of a, a counterpoint to everything else that the whole week is about. Was really fun, and and I got to say, I we had so much fun in that silly little car. Yeah. You know, everywhere we went, there were photos taken of it. And we made it a point to park it next to the shiniest, most expensive cars we could find <laughs> just for fun. It was great. Every, everybody got it. We At first, I thought, well, I'd be laughed out of here. But, but no. no, we were welcomed with open arms. Well, you were, I'll tell you. And I always stay in Carmel. And I saw your car parked all over the place. And it always had a crowd around it. And I think that's very endearing to the passion that people who love cars and what they have. But of course, you combine that 
that old car rusts with a VW bug, and who can't smile? I mean, everybody has a bug story, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like this really cute, mangy, stray puppy that just yes. has really beautiful eyes. You, <laughs> you got to stop and go, oh, the poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was very, very, very fun. Well, you and your brothers, my hat's off to you guys. That was fantastic. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that uh, has been important to you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Randy, take the wheel. For me, it would have to be, if you can't have fun, what's the point? I love it. That kind of came down from my grandmother. It was something that she said, and, and I keep applying it to everything. You know, if it makes you laugh. You know, if it makes people smile, then, then it's all worth doing. Yeah. Well, what a wonderful legacy for your grandmother to hand down. And I think it's something a lot of people lose in life, and especially as they get older. I, I read a story once where kids up until about the age four or five are considered geniuses. And then as they get indoctrinated into school and they have to get into line and do as they're told, all that ingenuity and fun starts to sometimes kind of go away. And I think that's why the car hobby and the car industry is something that so so many people love and so many people who wish they could work in it. That's why my listeners listen to figure out the secret sauce to life that you figured out. But that's a nice legacy that your grandmother handed down to you. And obviously, when I look at what you're doing, you figure that out, haven't you? I Gosh, I don't know how it works, but somehow it does. I kind of figured, you know, I, it's worth a try. You know, I'm going to do something that I'm passionate about and just see where it takes me. And it hasn't always been easy. There's certainly been times where I'm struggling to figure out how to make ends meet. I've found little niches that work for me and wonderful opportunities that have been, you know, put in front of me that I've followed along. And, you know, here I am however many years later from when I quit my real job. I think it's been over 20 years now. Um, And it's still rolling. The kids are fed. My wife is happy. We've got a roof and there's toys in the garage. (laughs) What more do you need? Yeah, I (laughs) couldn't be more thankful for that. It's really been fun. It's great. It's great. Well, let's go back in time and talk about a story that instigated that passion you have for cars. You talk about your dad being a car guy and you being his shadow kind of walking around and learning things from him. But was there a pivotal moment in your life and you realized, you know what, I am a car guy just like dad? Gosh, I I think it really came about naturally. You know, my earliest ages, I I remember car-related things. So it's been something that's always been in my blood, you know, from building model kits, you know, as a kid and understanding the workings and how everything goes together through that to, you know, getting my first car at age 13 in boxes and then trying to figure out how to make it into a car that went, it it all just kind of transformed. You know, there there was certainly a time where I went off to do other things, to do other business ventures, and, you know, the path leads you sometimes astray. And it, at one point, I kind of came back. I'm working for myself. I'm doing stuff. And my wife looks at me and says, well, why aren't you doing something car related? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. And kind of switched it from that point, you know, and from that point on, it's been great. You know, even the worst days were good days because I'm doing what I love. Exactly. Well, I tell you what, there's something that I've learned after talking to 1135 people now, and that is having a great partner in your life, a supportive partner in your case, your wife, who 
kind of sometimes my wife will do that with me, kind of slap me and go, you know what? You know what you should be doing. You should be doing something around cars. That's what you love. Why would you do anything different? So uh, that's an important part of success as well, is having those people around you that will support you. And even when it looks like what you're doing is a little crazy. Or or a lot crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Now, it, it, she's been been really pivotal in my success. And if I come to her with wild eyes and say, oh, I got to go, there's a car to chase, she understands. Yeah, that's been fantastic. Um, you know, to take off to. Yeah, my wife always knows where to find me in the garage. That's, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm never down at the yeah. corner bar or off doing anything silly. I just, I'm in the garage. That's That's where I love to be. Well, let's take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down because you've gotten your fingers into so many different things. You've done a lot of different things, and we're going to talk about that. But I would love for you to share a big challenge or a big failure you face along the way because a lot about cars, yeah, is the entrepreneurial side of business and the struggles that we go through. But the more important thing is those lessons they teach us. So walk us through one of those times, if you would, and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your career and your life. Well, I've always had a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit within me, you know, whether it be, you know, fixing up old bicycles and selling them at the family yard sale um, or, you know, whatever. It all kind of starts there. I found my way into working normal jobs, you know, worked for JCPenney's, worked for a sporting goods chain, uh, ended up working in the film industry, doing props and set dressing and stuff. And, And all of that was really fun. It was an interesting experience. Um, but at one point that entrepreneurial spirit within me is like, dude, you got to get out of here. You got to do your own thing. And I think the biggest struggle was trying to find out what that thing is. I saw an opportunity that I thought would be a good one. And I started doing little Hawaiian souvenirs and uh, Hawaiian themed clothing and found myself at trade shows in the, in the sportswear area and surf shows and things like that. And and I was seeing certain bits of success with that, but when it came down to the real work of just busting tail to make that happen, it was hard to keep up that energy and that that emotion and the fever that you need to make something like that go. You know, when my wife brought up, "Why aren't you doing something car wise?" That was the light bulb. It was, "Yeah, why am I not?" You know, whenever I'm not working, I'm doing car stuff. You know, when I lay down in bed before I go to sleep, I'm looking at car magazines, drawing pictures of cars on my business notes. What the hell's wrong with me? I need to do something <laughs> that I love. Yeah. And so really, it was the struggle of of just going with the flow rather than fighting it. You know, it's yeah. easy to see something that looks like a good money opportunity where you go, oh, I should, the clothing industry, I can make a lot of money in the clothing industry. Well, unless you're really into clothing, don't bother. You, know, right. you might make that money, but you're you're giving up you in the process. It's a really important thing. And I talk to a lot of people that are struggling with what they should do. And it's sometimes difficult to kind of figure that out, but it always goes back to your passion. And I had a guest on the show once who said, if you don't know what your passion is, go into a store or a magazine place where there's tons of magazines, uh, newsstand, whatever. Whatever magazine you pick up first, that's probably your passion. Whether it's cars, boats, sailing, homes, real estate, finance, fashion, pick one. But the one that you go to all the time that you always pick up first is probably what you're passionate about and then try to find a way to work into that field. So 
glad your wife uh, gave you that advice. Yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, I I think the answer for everybody is right in front of our face. That, yeah, that's that the we're point. Overthinking it. You yes. Know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's or, easy or, to be told that you you can't succeed. Others say, "Why are you doing that? You have a great job. Why would you leave that to go do something crazy like that?" And you just have to ignore the naysayers and go do what's in your heart. And that sounds like the, what that's what you did. Yeah, without a doubt. Certainly, there's parts of it that are uncomfortable and not fun, and you know, feel like work. But I don't wake up on a Monday and dread it being a Monday. I go, "Cool, I get to play cards." You know, it's yeah. all. It's all really good. Exactly. I always say every day is a Friday or a Saturday for me. It all feels the same. It's just all the same thing. So, yeah, I I think if you're working it right, when I really feel like things are working the best, I can't tell the difference between working and playing. It's all kind of the same. It's just pursuing what is really within me and it's and it's fun to just go with that flow. And occasionally I need to poke myself my head out of the flow and check the bank account. But for the most part, just going with it, you know, the, the do what you love and the money will follow. We've all heard it a million times, but there's definitely truth to it. If you can do it and be aware of the things you need to be aware of. Absolutely. And if you can't figure those out, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you in those areas and let them do it for you or pay them to do it for you. That's another little secret I've learned. Well, let's shift gears and talk about a career or a life aha moment. It's one of those times when the headlights come on and kind of illuminate a new path for you. Is there one of those that stands out in your life? Well, I actually, yeah. At one point, I started a business selling auto accessories, you know, performance stuff and things. And it was mostly mail order, and it was a real fun thing. And it was all based around the, the new Volkswagen Beetle that had come out in 1998. So I started up a whole little business that was based upon that. And I registered the domain name uh, newbug.com because it was the new bug. And at the same time, I registered oldbug.com because it was available. The aha moment was I had an old beetle that I wanted to sell. And I just I put a picture of it up on old bug with my contact information and a price. And that's all that was there because I hadn't really figured out what I was going to do with the site. I just posted it up there. I figured if anybody searches oldbug.com, well, they'll come up with this. And within like two days, I got a phone call from somebody that saw it and bought it. There was no other advertisement, no anything. And it was like, ooh, all right, this worked. So I tried it again. And I tried it with my buddy stars and so on and so forth. And and now it's turned into a, you know, a now 20-year-long uh, run of of people posting their cars up on the site, and it's been nice. a very successful and well respected you know entity out in the VW scene. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you just got to do it and see what happens. Uh, yeah, no, it it hurts more if you don't do it than if you do. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you throw you know, it out there, try it. You know, you're exactly right. Absolutely. You'll always wonder what if, and that's no way to go through life. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car, that first car in your life that really meant something to you, and maybe share a memory about that vehicle. Well, my very first car was probably the most memorable because it was the first one. It's like your first kiss, you know, that sort of thing. And it it was a 1971 Honda 600 sedan, a little two-cylinder air-cooled car. Mm -hmm. I bought it from my brother. For seventy-two dollars, because it's all I had. <laughs> and, and now, why did he charge you the extra two money. bucks? I have to ask the question. 
<laughs> well, I, I think it came down to, oh, if you want it, boy, how much do you got? How much do you yeah, I got? Yeah. So, <laughs> that, that was typical, you know, older brother thing to do. And, you know, that kind of started everything. I, I started playing around with it, tricking it out, making it look cool. So it was really kind of my first custom. You know, I painted it in the driveway with rattle cans and, you know, made fender flares out of stuff I bought at the hardware store. And, you know, just, <laughs> I mean, it's really horribly done. But still, it was my first opportunity to apply some of my own creativity on four wheels rather than a bicycle or something. Wow. Um, and I, I still have the car today. I've kept it all really? the years. Oh, wow. Um, which is, is really fun. You know, and it's in horrible shape. It's sitting on the side of my garage cooking in the sun. <laughs> and it's the car that I will get to someday, quote, unquote. Someday. Yeah. But um, <laughs> that was kind of the start. You know? Yeah, that's a unique car. Well, how about seller's remorse? I know you've bought and sold tons and tons of cars, but is there one in particular you wish you hadn't let go? There, There's one that always stings. I mean, a lot of them sting. I fall in love with every single car I touch, and, and I always get a little teary-eyed when they leave. But whenever anybody's asked me that question, there's one car that does come up. Uh, and it was a Volkswagen Beetle convertible that was a custom-bodied car uh, that was done by a guy in Arizona. And it was built to look kind of like a head mueller, if you're familiar with that, where it's a, a, a two-seater Beetle convertible. Uh, I called it the Rosensteel Roadster. Uh, named it after the guy Dave Rosensteel that had shaped the body. I bought it from him kind of unfinished. He had done all the metal work and made it run and drive, but I took it and did all the cosmetics on it and accessorized it and kind of dialed it into a, to a real car. It it was so fun to drive. It was so unique that anytime anybody saw it, they went, oh, there's Randy. And it just, it had this wonderful following to it. And it was joyful to drive it every time I got behind the wheel. But when we had our economic crash or 2008, you know, craziness and things got really slow, you know, it went away. So it, if I could find that one again, I kind of know where it is. You know, it's off in Belgium somewhere. I understand it's not being driven. You know, I'd, I'd love to have that back at some point. But uh, that's the one that first pops into my mind. There's many. But, but that's the strongest pull. That's the one. Well, for you Belgian listeners, uh, I got a guy here in California who really like his car back. Maybe you could give Randy a call. We'll make sure we put a, a contact information on his car's yeah, show notes page. Maybe we can get that back in your garage. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> well, I would love for you to share with our listeners all the things you have your fingers in, all the different things you do, the different businesses. Kind of walk us through all this so they understand who Randy is and why they should pay attention to what you're doing. Oh gosh, I don't know why anybody should pay attention to what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm just doing, and you know, I'm trying to be as involved in every sector of the car collecting scene possible. You know, whether it's going to Pebble Beach and being there and a part of that scene to you know digging treasure out of the hills, and you know, I really my passion, my happy spot when I boil it all down is to in finding that relic that's hiding in a garage somewhere and then researching the history behind it. So I, I do a lot of that. I, I'll dig up something that's a really interesting car. I'll taste the story behind it. I'll try to bring all of that information out to light uh, and then share it with other people. And that's kind of the genesis of the archaeology thing. Archaeology is the study of 
you know, our human life through mm-hmm. artifacts and so on and so forth. Well, right. archaeology is the same. It's just studying cars. And it's been it's been a blast and people really respond well to it. I came across a car recently that was a really, really bizarre one-off car that nobody could identify. Uh, photos of it went up onto the internet and everyone's scratching their head. What the hell is this car? <laughs> yeah. And so it's been fun to, you know, find the car, talk with the, the family of the original builder, find old photographs of it and bring this whole story out to light and share it with the world. And, you know, I, I haven't really found a way to monetize that and make it into a really cool thing, but I'm having so much fun doing it and other people seem to respond well to it. So, yeah, no you know, that, if you, you know, follow me through social media or whatever, obviously you'll see my automotive travels and, and daily playing around with whatever my hand is touching that day. But, but I always like to taste that story and, and bring it out. I remind our listeners, I'll put a link to that. It's spelled C-A-R-C-H-A-E-O-L-O-G-Y.com, carchaeology.com. Uh, very cool site. Your other businesses, CaliforniaCar.com and OldBug.com. You touched on OldBug.com. Is that a place where people can go to buy and sell cars? Well, uh, OldBug.com is obviously focused on Volkswagen stuff primarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do blend in some Porsche stuff as well because there's a bit of a crossover there. The CaliforniaCar.com website is sort of an offshoot of that because people that have VWs also have other cars. And it's one that is really kind of in its infancy at this moment. It's I've had some stops and starts with it. It's still out there and it's live, but but I haven't put a whole ton of effort into it recently because of the TV work that I've been doing and stuff like that. But you know, I hope to build that into uh, a continuing growing platform for people to market their cars. I always try to approach the ads on the sites, whether it be Old Bug or California Car, with extreme detail. I see so many ads for cars that are out there where people are trying to sell something that's a $100,000 car with three photos and and a paragraph of information. Uh, and there's so much involved with these cars. You know, I'd rather show 40 photos and captions on all of them and walk people through the history of the model and why this one is special. And so that sort of extended approach to it has made the old bug fight very successful. And people can see exactly what it is they're buying at a distance and feel, uh, you know, feel confident to make that buy. So uh, the CaliforniaCar.com site is something that I want to expand to do more of that as well. But, uh, you know, it's at the point now where I'm, I've got my fingers in so many different things. It's really hard <laughs> to do it all. So. Yeah, I saw. But I'm trying. Well, that's all you can do. I saw a beautiful 58 Gia on that site. Uh, blue car, I think it was in Belgium. Is where that car is located? Uh, I'm not sure. Actually, it's in, in, in England. Yeah. In England. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, man, that thing was pretty. What a nice little car. Well, lots of cool things, and I'll put a link to that on Randy's show notes page for sure. Now, you're involved in a lot of television shows, too. How have you gotten mixed up in all of that? I've seen you on Jay Leno's Garage and all sorts of different places. How do you get into the TV like that? <laughs> well... My other life path that I didn't take was to get involved in the film industry. And when I worked up in Hollywood doing props and set dressing, I kind of dipped my toes in that industry and it seemed a little spooky. So I stared, you know, stepped away. You know, you need to really be focused on it. It's very much a, a work and then not work situation. And, you know, I, I, 
I was young and starting a family and I, I wanted something a little more steady. So I stepped away from it, but I've always had a passion for film um, and for TV, just kind of that general media. So anytime there's been an opportunity that's come my way, whether it's be to rent a car to a movie or, or whatever, I've kind of jumped on that. You know, when monster garage came around and they were looking for builders to be involved with stuff, I had, gotten a call from Jesse and he said, I want to do a VW on monster garage. And I said, well, I'll help you find one, but you got to put me on the show. And he said, okay. And I went, Oh shit. What do I do? <laughs> now, now I've got to be on uh, the show. Totally. So, you know, I got involved with that. And then you know, the producer from that went on to work at overhauling. And so I got involved with that, you know, pimp my ride. I provided some cars to them and it's, just kind of been this constant little train. Whenever something pops up, I, I jump onto it. Um, back uh, several years back, or I guess maybe five years ago now, I heard about uh, the Lords of the Carhorn show uh, coming up, and they were they were looking for collections of cars, you know, guys with too many cars in the yard uh, that were they were never going to do anything with. And the production company was based in England, and they seemed a little lost in in how to find those guys. So, you know, I contacted them, and I said, hey, I can be your guy on the ground here. I know how all this works. And, you know, they basically took me on as a producer on the show. So I was involved with everything that was car-related and sort of played liaison between the car world and the film world in the production of the first uh, season of that show. So it was kind of reality TV boot camp. It was an amazing experience. Um, and I got to see how all of that really worked. Um, you know, after the Lords of the Car Hordes experience, I, I really tried to keep my radar up just in case something else popped up. Uh, and we actually filmed a, a sizzle reel for a show based on archaeology right after that. Uh, and that ended up fizzling and really didn't go anywhere. But, but you know, that desire to be involved with that has has remained strong so when the opportunity to work on sticker shock popped up um you know i raised my hand and and they picked me and uh, and that was a fantastic experience and that was really my first time to be on screen for a full season of of a show uh, rather than just a guest on the show like with leno's garage or or you know the um, monster garage or or whatever. That was a great experience. You know, really fun to to do that. You know, great group of people, neat bunch of cars, very simple but honest concept. You know, no made up drama. Nobody threw any chairs or got angry or you know anything like that. It was it was all about exploring people's connections to their cars and you know hearing their story and then putting a value on them at the end. So it was it was really really fun. Yeah, definitely. I had Dennis uh, Pitzenberger as a guest on the show here. He was a guest uh, back in April, I believe it was, of this year. Great guy. Uh, Sticker Shock. Yeah, just a good down-to-earth show. I think a lot of us are getting tired of the fake builder shows and the throwing of the wrenches and the firing of the people and all the stuff that really doesn't happen if you have a successful business uh, in this world. So, uh, yeah, maybe it happens a little bit, but not really every day. It's hard to run a business every day when you're screaming at everybody because usually they don't come back the next day. So. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Randy. If you were manifested into a car, what would Randy be and why? Ooh, that is a wild one. What sort of car would I be? Yeah. Um, the car that pops to my mind is is probably the uh, 
the car that Homer Simpson designed. I, <laughs> this really outlandish, crazy thing with with uh, accessories that nobody needs and, and yeah. just obnoxious and really probably not useful at all. But uh, <laughs> but it would get your attention. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. It has a donut maker in the glove compartment. So because we all need that, right? Yeah, we of need course. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a unique so I, answer, I would, Randy. I would see the Homer. <laughs> the Homer car. Wow. Yeah, that is a unique answer. I've had some interesting responses, but that's got to be one of the most interesting I've heard. So thank you for taking us there. That's fun. Well, Randy, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Dot com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Randy, we're back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the VW throttle. So here we go. Well, what's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Don't buy a car if you're afraid that you're going to be stuck with it. Uh, ah, basically, okay. if you you've got to love it, yeah, you know, yeah. don't buy it just because it's a good deal. Don't you know? It, just picture every time. Okay, if this car enters my life and I'm stuck with it forever, right. Am I going to curse it or am I going to enjoy it? You know, this is uh, this is important advice that I hear all the time. And I just had a guy call me last week. He's been a guest on the show, and he had the choice between two cars. And he couldn't decide. And he kept going back to, well, which one's going to be worth more in a year or two? And I said, why do you care? Which car do you yeah. love? Which car did you, did you drive them both? Which car do you really like? And he told me the one. I said, that's the car you should buy because you might be stuck with that car 
for a long time. That would be good if you like it, right? So buy the car you love. And you know what? That's what he did. So great advice. The chances are, if you love it, there's other people out there that do too. So, you know, really kind of trusting your intuition and going, this is the car that satisfies me the most. Um, It's going to be easy to find somebody that's into it. Unless, of course, it's the Homer. (laughs) Yeah, then you might might, might want to just walk on by. (laughs) Randy's already got that car, so he's not going to sell it. How about a personal habit that kind of walks you through life and drives you towards success? Is there one that you could share? Um, Gosh, I. I guess it comes down to sort of the mantra. If if you can't have fun, what's the point? You know, I, I really try to lean towards things that I, that are enjoyable to me and and provide joy to others. And you know that that's just kind of the quest, right? You know, if maybe I don't make a dollar, but if I have a good laugh or I make other people laugh in the process, you know, that's that's priceless. Yes, absolutely. Now, how about a resource? There are lots of awesome resources out there, including your websites. Is there one in particular you'd like to share? Well, I spend far too much time on the internet, and I'll admit that openly. But but there's a lot of great resources there for learning about different cars. You know, I get people that call me daily asking what their car is worth or you know what a car they saw is worth. And the best resource that I've been able to point out to people is number one, look everywhere, but, um, you know, to see what cars are actually selling for, uh, I tend to look at perhaps eBay auctions and search the ones that have closed and actually sold. And that gives you some realistic, real numbers that are there. Uh, the bring a trailer website is another great one because you can see what cars are selling for and also learn a lot through the conversations of people with each listing. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, a lot of good knowledge good out there. there. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And it can eat up a lot of time too. That's for sure. So if I could wave a magic wand and enable you to sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? God, really, I don't know. I've never really thought about that. There's certainly people out there that have been inspirational. I guess it would be interesting to to talk to Dr. Portia back in the day and and get his inspiration uh, for the Beatle and what that was all about. And if there was an opportunity to share with him truly what that success has done mm-hmm. uh, and the effect that it's had on the world, you know, that would be an amazing experience. Yeah, it would be pretty cool. I think so. Now, but a book, is there a book you've read you think our listeners would enjoy? Oh, Gosh, you know, I, I'm I'm more of a magazine guy. You know, show me pictures. <laughs> That's okay. Well, magazines count too. We we could plug a magazine you know, here. I, I guess in the VW scene, you know, the one book that I think everybody absolutely has to have in the in the whole VW crew would be the step by step guide for the complete idiot. So that yes, <laughs> that Volkswagen idiot book. You know, I've been doing this for so many years now, but I still refer to that book. I'm still entertained by the drawings and artwork and just the general happy approach to car problems that are in that. That's that's just a great book. It's a fun one to read, whether you're into the VW or not. You know, it just it makes right. you laugh and, and you need that light countenance sometimes to deal with a car problem. You know, that book was written by Tosh Gregg and John Muir. I still have my copy from when I was in high school, when I had my Gia. My sister had a VW Bug. I used to work on that car for her. 
Yeah, how to keep your Volkswagen alive, a manual of step-by-step procedures for the complete idiot. And I loved so much of that book. There's a part in there, if I remember right, that said, now take a break, go open a beer and enjoy it, and then come back in a few minutes and finish this project. (laughs) I mean, that's the nature that that book was all about, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it really is. It's that kind of thing. It's funny, like on the back cover of that is picture of a beetle driving off into the sunset. And literally, it's the word sunset. But if you look real close through the back window of that into the rearview mirror, you see the driver and he's got this goofy little satisfied grin on his face. And every time I'm behind the wheel of one of my old VWs, I find myself smiling just like that guy. Yeah, (laughs) you know, yeah. He really hit the nail on the head with that book all the way through. Yeah, it's really that's a favorite. Yeah, it is for sure. Very cool. All right. Well, we are up to the checkered flag here, Randy. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. Doesn't matter where it is, who owns it. I'm going to park it in your garage. But here are the rules. It's the only cool collector car you can own. You have to drive it. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other Volkswagens with. That little trick's off the table. You have to keep (laughs) it and you have to enjoy it. So what can I buy you today? I'm amiss in that I don't remember the model number of it, but there was a Maserati at Monterey Car Week past uh, event at the RM auction that was up on a pedestal in there. It was a Zagato body Maserati uh, 50s era. It just absolutely blew me away. Out of all the cars that I saw throughout all the events at Monterey Car Week, Pebble Beach, Concours included, that's the car that I keep flashing back on. I have no idea how exhilarating it would be to drive. I'm sure it would be temperamental because it's Italian. But I could sit and stare at that car for days. It was just stunning. So if you want to put that in under the tree here, Santa, that's the one I would want. <laughs> that car, yes. I stood and just drooled at that car. It was sitting... On a podium at the RM um, group, right across from a 550 Spider, which is one of my favorite cars as well. And I actually had a bidder's paddle. I got invited into that show by a good friend of mine, Ramsey Potts, who works for that company. And um, he's been a guest on the show. That was the 1956 Maserati Zagato. Uh, I think the Zagato aspect is what made that car just killer uh, from the way it looked and yeah, mm-hmm. that thing. It was yeah. so pure. It was so beautiful. Just every every curve and detail about that car was just art. It I was. Mean, that's absolutely the way, yeah. loved that car. Yeah, that's the way to say it. That car was raced in the Mille Miglia uh, back in 56. It's The model number is an A6G-2000. And uh, yeah, that did sell. I can't remember what it sold for, but it was more than what my checkbook could manage. I do remember that I, part. Somewhere, of it. I think it was it was like four point something million. I think. Yeah, it was, it was up, yeah. up in that range. But yeah. I mean, comparing it to everything else that I saw that whole week, that's the car that just etched itself into my head, and I will always remember that car. Yeah, yeah, and and the color was just simple, clean. I mean. Everything about it was yeah. just marvelous. So I would love nothing more than to park that in your garage. Of course, I might have to drive it a little bit through the uh, back mountains there where you live out there in eastern North San Diego County. 
uh, before I deliver it, but I don't think you'd mind as long as I left it in your garage and tossed you the keys. But yeah, that's a pretty, pretty special car. Randy, you've taken me on an incredible ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yeah audience. Could you offer me one little parting piece of wisdom and guidance before you rip off into the mountains in your very own 56 Maserati A6G2000? Gosh, I don't know. Again, if you can't have fun, what's the point? You know, (laughs) having that car as an example, yeah, I'd spend a lot of time sitting and staring at it, but get it out, drive it. You know, you got to enjoy the ride throughout all of this, whatever it is you're doing, you know, whether it's the the car, your business efforts, your family, every life experience, you you just got to ride it and ride it as far as you can. There you go. What's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and learn more about what you're doing? Well, I do an awful lot of Instagram posts, and I'm finding that that's been growing like mad. So there's, I, I think I'm up to 18,000 odd people or something that follow me wow. on Instagram. And I, I post several photos a day of what I'm up to or what I'm working on or what I'm chasing. So if you go to Instagram Instagram and look up Bug and Box, B-U-G. N-B-O-X. That'll come up with my Instagram page. Uh, That's a great way to connect there. Obviously, the Volkswagen stuff through oldbug.com. We have a Facebook page for that as well. Carchaeology.com actually takes you into our Facebook page for Carchaeology. But I've been starting to do some some other web content for Carchaeology through YouTube and things like that. So if you just search Carchaeology, you'll come up with a variety of different stuff. Those are probably the best avenues into what I'm into. And once you're in there, you'll you'll get caught in the web of that and <laughs> see all sorts of stuff. But I promise it's all clean and it's all positive. I, I'm not one to argue and and throw wrenches online or well, on good. Screen, so. <laughs> we appreciate that i'm it's a follower of bug and box on instagram i love what you're doing there so uh great fun well listeners again you can find links to everything randy has shared on his cars yeah show notes page just go to cars type in randy carlson and all those links will pop right up randy thanks for being so generous today with your time your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the cars yeah audience until you and i talk again i'll see you down the road Thank you so much, Mark. It's been a pleasure. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified. And he's a car guy, too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPIC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!